And it, and it seems that no matter how much they pray, they still don't have joy, or how, how, however much they pray and trust God, they still don't have peace in their life. And I'd been in that place before. And I prayed hard and I trusted God that I would experience His peace. And I didn't experience His peace in my life. Well, I had to learn that, that what was going on inside of me wasn't a spiritual problem. I was right with God. What was going on in, in, in me was a medical problem. And, and so there's no shame today if you're, if you're struggling with depression or if you're struggling with anxiety. Because oftentimes depression and anxiety are not spiritual problems, but it's a chemical problem. And there's no shame in going to see your doctor to get the help that you need. Because oftentimes it's through medical professionals that God will bring to you the joy and the peace that you need. So, so I, I don't want to, to confuse you or make you feel guilty if you're struggling today. Know that God works in a variety of ways. Certainly He works through prayer. And He also works through professionals. So if, if you're going through anxiety or if you're going through depression today and you've been praying about it, you've been, been practicing the basic spiritual disciplines of Scripture and a reading and a prayer and a fellowship, and you still find yourself in that place, come talk to me or come talk to, to Pastor Dirk. As both of us, we've received training in, in how to refer people who need that help. So one of my prayers for Maple Park is that we would never be a congregation where mental health issues are shamed. Never feel ashamed if you're going through a struggle in your life. So with that, we're going to get into the sermon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are followers. Everyone's a follower, right? The Bible actually compares us to sheep. Why does the Bible compare you and me to sheep? Because sheep follow. It's within their nature to follow. So all of us are followers. Each and every one of us, I, I believe that there's this God-given instinct to follow Him. And I believe that that instinct is, is that we are to follow God. But here's the problem. We wander away from the Good Shepherd. You see, Jesus referred to Himself as the Good Shepherd. But the problem with, the, with humanity is that we wander away from the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd is, is, is wanting to take us in a direction but we wander away from Him and we follow bad leaders. So people are followers. People are like sheep. Isaiah 53, 6 says this, We all like sheep have gone astray. 
We've turned every one to his own way. We all like sheep have gone astray. I've gone astray and you've gone astray. How are we led astray? In what way do we follow the wrong leader? Well, the basic biblical reality is this. We follow leaders that give us what we want. Leaders that give us what we want, not what we need. You see, Jesus is the good shepherd and he wants to lead us in a direction where we will receive not necessarily what we want, but what we need today and what we need for eternity. The Apostle Paul helps us to understand this too. In Colossians 2.8, Paul wrote, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow, and that also can be translated empty, take you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. You see, there are experts, there are books, there are speakers who are speaking about spiritual things, but they're not necessarily teaching the truth that's in God's Word. Actually, they're probably mostly true in what they say, but they're missing the key. And the key is Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. So we are followers. And Christ has called us to follow Him because He's the Good Shepherd. He is the way. He is the truth. And He is the life. And we have life only in Him. So see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. To be led away from Jesus, to to be led away from Him, is to be led astray. And really, it's to be led away from the peace that belongs to you. So where Christ is, There's peace. And the enemy wants to lead us away from Him because when we're led away from Him, we're led away from from the only source of peace that can be given to us today and for eternity. So during Jesus' earthly ministry, what did He call people to do? He called people to follow Him. Jesus called people to follow Him because He wanted everybody that He came into contact with to follow that path that is the way, the truth, and the life. He wanted to lead people into a place of peace today and and for eternity. And Jesus is still calling people today And He calls you today. Follow me. Follow me. I invite you to stand as we read our Gospel lesson today. Our Gospel lesson comes from Luke's Gospel, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 11. Now listen and and look at this passage very closely. 
On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, so there's this big crowd pressing in on Jesus, and why were they pressing in on Jesus? Why was this crowd gathered around Jesus? Well, it says to hear the word of God, and that's key for us. That is key to your peace. Do you hunger for God's word? As much as these people hungered for God's word, that they pressed in on Jesus, that they might hear the word of God. He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is actually, we we know it as the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them, and they they were washing their nets. Fishermen today, they still wash their nets. They clean their nets because when the net goes down, not only does it pull up fish, it also pulls up a bunch of stuff that they don't want in their net. Verse 3, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and we know Simon now as Peter, Jesus asked him, to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So do you get the the, the picture here? It's, It's a lakeside, a big lake, the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is out in the boat, a distance from shore. Now, have you ever noticed before that how sound will travel over water? It's just amazing how sound travels over water. And so there Jesus is in the boat and he's teaching the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, this is the call, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. Simon Peter sounds exhausted and frustrated. But here is the key. And this is what we need to be as followers of Jesus. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Didn't make sense. It was inconvenient. But he obeyed. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. A miracle. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his knees. And this is another response of a a follower of Jesus saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Have you come to that place in your life where you've humbled yourself before Jesus? In repentance, admitting that you're a sinner. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Here's the key do not be afraid. That's the word that Jesus gives you today do not be afraid. Though you're a sinner, though you deserve the condemnation of God Almighty, do not be afraid. You have the forgiveness of sins. And from now on, you will be catching men. 
And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. They left everything and they followed him. You may be seated. Three points to our sermon today. Jesus calls us to obey when it doesn't make sense. Jesus calls us to obey when it's inconvenient. And when Jesus calls, he promises and he gives his peace. So the first point, Jesus calls us to obey when it doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for the disciples to go fishing at the time and at the place that it doesn't make sense to fish. Right? The time for fishing was past. It didn't make sense for them to let their nets down. But yet they obeyed. It didn't make sense for them to leave everything, to leave their career, to leave their boats, to leave their nets, to follow some preacher. But they did. When was the last time you obeyed Jesus and then followed Jesus into something that didn't make sense to you? Think about that. When was the last time Jesus called you to do something? It didn't make sense to you, but you obeyed anyway. You see, the Bible tells us that God's reasoning is not our reasoning. Human reasoning and God's reasoning are nothing alike. But, but we're, we're taught to use our heads, right? That's what I tell our kids, especially boys. When, when they do something kind of dumb, I said, now why didn't you use your head? You know, it was several weeks ago, <coughs> Santana had some friends over, and uh, they said, can we have a, a fire in the backyard, in, in, in the fire pit? And I said, oh yeah, go for it. And I'm doing dishes at the back sink, all of a sudden there was this flash. The whole backyard was lit up. And then I went outside and I was like, what's going on? And I could smell gas. Why weren't you guys using your head? There's an old saying that if you have one boy, you have one brain. If you have two boys, you have half a brain. <laughs> and it goes on <laughs> and on. <laughs> what makes sense to God doesn't always make sense to us. And I believe that this is what might be hindering the mission of the church today. We talk and we reason ad nauseum. Maybe God is calling us to do something that's different, something that doesn't necessarily make sense. It's not something we've done before. Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. To truly follow Jesus is to keep our human reasoning in check. Keep our human reasoning in check. Martin Luther said that reason is the devil's harlot. We need to use our heads. We need to think about what we're doing. But sometimes when Jesus calls, when Jesus is leading us, it isn't going to make sense. 
Let me tell you a story. It's a story of Liz. Uh, Liz was a lady who lived within our community where I was a pastor in the Buffalo area. And uh, Liz had a number of things that happened in her life. Really difficult. She had a very, very hard and really traumatic uh, life. And uh, years and years and years ago, she was out in her yard and she was pulling weeds. And she was angry at God. So as loud a voice she said as she could, she was cursing God. And then uh, a little boy from our church, who's now a grown man with like six kids, he's an engineer, he was riding his bike past Liz's house and he heard Liz cursing God and in, in a very tender and loving way, filled with the Holy Spirit, he went up to Liz and, and he said, Miss Liz, you can always come to my church. It was years before Liz came to church. She actually came to a fish fry. And I came up and I introduced myself. I'd never seen Liz or seen Liz's husband. And I said, you, you should come to church sometime. She looked at me with a big smile and she said, maybe I will. Next Sunday, she came to church and There were tears in her eyes because she had been told by another church that she couldn't come and take Holy Communion because of of a sin in her past. And I said, Liz, if you trust in Jesus as your Savior, you're invited to this altar. She had tears in her eyes. She she was saved. She came to trust in Jesus as her Savior. Now let me tell you something about Liz. Liz was an old lady. And she still is. Maybe I, she's watching this. That's probably going to be offensive. I'm sorry. But uh, Liz, Liz would, would walk with a, with a walker. She was hunched over. Well, fast forward on about another year. Uh, I got together with our VBS planning team, and I said, we should take VBS to this trailer park. This trailer park was notorious for drugs. It was notorious for crime. It was a, a place of poverty. And I said, we should take VBS there. And I said, our plan is simple. We'll bring hot dogs and some chips and something to drink. And then we'll plan games, a craft, and a Bible story. We'll just knock on all the trailer doors and invite people to come out. Well, we did that and people came out. People came out uh, who uh, didn't even have kids because there was a free dinner. So I sat down with a hot dog. I sat down with uh, a group of guys in their 20s. And I started talking with them. And I sensed that as I was talking, there was one guy named Mike who was just really, I sensed the Holy Spirit, uh, that that, that he really needed to hear the gospel as we were talking about his life and the things going on in his life. And so I shared the gospel with him, and he was open and receptive to it. He received Christ as his Savior. But he he had a history with addiction. He still struggled. He would come to church, but sometimes he he would disappear for a long time. Well, Liz and Mike became really good friends. They were very close to each other. And so Liz hadn't seen Mike in church for a while, so she decided to drive over to the trailer park and with with her walker, make her way up to his trailer door, up the stairs, knocked on the door. Mike opened the, the door and invited Liz in. And then here's all of his buddies sitting around the coffee table and they're all smoking marijuana. Liz goes in and she sits down with them. Right there in the middle of them. 
sharing the love of Jesus. Two of those guys, two of those guys started coming to church. They got Bibles. And they were excited. All of them at that time wanted to get off uh, the drugs that they were on. It was very difficult because there just weren't resources like there aren't resources here for people to get in and to get treatment. Two of those guys who, re, who uh, we gave Bibles to and who had received and trusted Christ, they ended up dying of overdoses when fentanyl hit Western New York. But I know they're in heaven today. And Mike is alive today, following Jesus. Doesn't make sense to have an old lady with a walker go over to the trailer court and sit with a bunch of guys. Doesn't make sense. But she answered Jesus' call. She went and she did what Jesus wanted her to do. And if the church had met, the elders got together and came up with the program, they never would have called on Liz to do that. <laughs> So we are so grateful for people like Liz. And I believe that Jesus is calling you into that kind of life where you follow him even when it doesn't make sense. So Jesus calls us to obey when it doesn't make sense. And then the next point is, is that Jesus calls us to obey when it's inconvenient. I believe that Western Christianity has turned into a, a consumeristic industry. It's an entertainment industry. So churches work really hard to make Christianity convenient, entertaining, non-offensive. I believe that we have focused more on pleasing people rather than giving to people what they really need in life. Following Jesus isn't about convenience. And I think that the church in North America has followed this trend because we're not really reading the Bible, especially Jesus and the apostles in the book of Acts, to see what they did and how they accomplished the mission that Christ called them to. So do you really know what it means to follow Jesus? When was the last time you did something for Jesus that was inconvenient? First of all, when was the last time you did something that didn't make sense? And then, when was the last time you did something that was inconvenient? You see, people today, they're willing to follow Jesus as long as it doesn't take them outside of their comfort zone. As long as they're comfortable, then they'll do that thing. But look at the life of the apostles. Look at how Jesus led them. Didn't make sense all the time, and it certainly wasn't convenient. So Jesus calls us to obey when it doesn't make sense. Jesus calls us to obey when it's inconvenient. And then Jesus, when Jesus calls, when he calls you, he gives his peace. There is the promise of his peace given to you today. Before Jesus ascended to the right hand of God the Father Almighty in John 14, 25 through 27. Jesus said this to the disciples. 
He says, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Then verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He spoke these words before he left them. And when Jesus told the, the disciples that he was leaving them, they didn't like that message. They didn't want Jesus to leave them. But Jesus was on a mission. He was on a mission to the cross. To pay for the price of the sins of humanity. To rise again the third day after he was buried and to ascend to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And then to send the Holy Spirit to fill the church. Didn't make sense to the disciples. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. But before Jesus left, he promised the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, he promised his peace. Did you know that the Holy Spirit wants to guide you today? He wants to guide you through your week. Jesus is saying, follow me. I give you my Holy Spirit to be your guide, to be your comforter. So that you can have peace in whatever the Lord has in store for you this week. You see, joining Jesus in his mission, it might not make sense. And it won't be convenient. But he does promise his peace. Practically, what does this look like? Well, it simply looks like living like Jesus. You know, sometimes when I go to the grocery store, I'm I'm tired. And I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't even want to smile at anybody. You know, I just want to get in and get out. But I've, I've developed this philosophy, and I don't always live it out because I forget it too often, that every, every trip to the grocery store is a mission trip. That there's somebody there that Jesus wants me to connect with. Maybe it's just a smile. Or thank you so much for, uh, for your smile today. Sometimes it's not convenient. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to love our enemies, right? Are there people in your life that you're going to have an encounter with today or this week that you really can't stand being around? It doesn't make sense to love them. It's inconvenient to love them. But the Holy Spirit has been given to you. You see, this isn't some some uh, super spiritual, esoteric thing that only the super spiritual can understand and how to follow Jesus. It's just being who Christ called you to be in this world. And then every once in a while to open your mouth when it's appropriate to say, you know what? I'm going to be praying for you. And let me tell you what Christ has done in my life. And then through a simple testimony, a simple presentation of the gospel, others can come to experience 
that peace and to know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So how do we do this? How do we discern how the Holy Spirit's calling us? It's simple. Open the Bible. Read it. Pray it. Then open your eyes and look around. Who has God placed in your life? Family. Friends. Co-workers. Neighbors. And even strangers. Somebody that you've never met doing something kind for that person. That's what makes all the difference in the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are calling us. And what you call us to doesn't always make sense, and it certainly isn't always convenient. The Lord, you promised us your Holy Spirit to empower us and to fill us with your peace so that we can be and do those things that you've called us to be and to do. So help us to look around. Wherever we go, whoever we see, whoever we meet, may they have an encounter with Jesus when they encounter us. It may not be in, in, uh, in a Bible verse or a gospel presentation, but it might just be in offering friendship. Friendship that one day may lead people to know you. So help us in this, and I pray ultimately that when people come into contact with Maple Park Church, that they, that they feel loved, that they know they're loved, that they, they experience the joy that is ours in Christ and the peace that belongs to us. It's in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. Would you please stand? Our song.